Hi guys, welcome to episode 4 of season 2 of Morning Chai and Ekki Guy. This is your podcast host Priyanka. Now, this is something I do every Sunday where I speak on a wide range of topics. But this season, however, is a special dedication to women and everything about them, and it goes under the hashtag homage to Venus. Now, the topic of human psychology, of human personality, is one that has always fascinated me. So, at various stages in my life, I have found myself uh, looking up the Myers-Briggs test and taking the Inkblot test, uh, just because I was so curious to know what it is that drives my subconscious. And um, all that reading about human behavior and reading about human psyche eventually led me to Carl Jung and um, led me to read about his analysis, which is an entire subject in itself, actually. But today, I thought, since we are on the topic of women, why not talk about feminine archetypes? Um, of course, this topic should come with a, a disclaimer. that um, the human psyche is so complex that it cannot be uh, pigeonholed into one clear cut archetype so while i'm discussing um, the various archetypes with you you uh, it's it's it is common that you will find them overlapping and uh, you will find that you'll be able to relate to more than one archetype um having said that there is definitely going to be one dominant archetype that will make you go oh my god this is so me So let's get started. Now, according to most Jungian psychologists, there are seven feminine archetypes that uh, that are prevalent in contemporary society. There is the mother, there is the lover, there is the maiden, the queen, the huntress, the wise woman, and the mystic. Um so Carl Jung he defined archetypes as these instinctive patterns that are born deep into our uh, into the human collective unconscious and they form the basis of human behavior so you can say that archetypes are the basis of um, all unlearned instinctive patterns of behavior now there is something called the collective conscience which is a reservoir of um, uh, of human uh, experiences and these human experiences form the basis of these archetypes now these archetypes that exist in this collective conscience they um, they loom over our psyche and uh, they are the ones that influence how we interact they influence our uh, actions our reactions our behavior uh, towards people now uh, for most parts these archetypes um, within us they work symbiotically and um, when they work symbiotically they help us to achieve the desired goal but sometimes what happens is these archetypes may also clash and that is why it is important that we identify that we know which one is uh, our dominant archetype and then we can work accordingly so having a knowledge about these archetypes not just the dominant one but also all the other archetypes is important because um when we have enough knowledge about them that is when we can tap into these and we that is when we can work on ourselves and on our weaknesses when we can um uh, resolve uh, internal conflicts if there are any uh, we can um, uh, that is when we can develop our strengths further and um all this makes attaining a goal a lot more easier than uh 
then when we don't know uh, what our dominant archetype is now they say that a woman uh, really needs to be able to connect to all of these seven archetypes in order to experience uh, what is called um, true fulfillment in life uh, in terms of uh, managing her relationships in terms of managing her money in terms of managing um, uh, uh, her um, family abundance um, so now um, let's go to the archetypes the, the first one we are going to discuss is the lover now the lover archetype is one that inspires deep communication is one that inspires intimacy it represents uh, sensuality it represents creativity um passion so in three words if i were to sum up um the lover archetype it would be captivate create and connect um thinking of examples think of uh, samantha from sex and the city she is the typical example of the lover archetype or if we are talking about um, greek mythology then we have aphrodite uh, so the lover archetype is um, it represents uh, a woman's most primal urge to to create as well as procreate in the sense that her energy field is so strong it is so uh, charged that um, she can draw people easily towards her she draws people around her like um, like a magnet like moths to a flame um but on the one hand she feels this need for freedom while on the other she feels this uh, uh, need for deep intimate connections uh so a kind of paradox of sorts now women belonging to this archetype they are supposed to be they are meant to be naturally seductive and um, uh, they can easily naturally besought and they can beguile uh, they can revitalize they can they can um, arouse a passion spontaneously they can inspire creativity and these are all their strengths but um uh, just like all other matters of union analysis this one has uh, its shadow too so the drawbacks of uh, the lover archetype would be a lack of focus um an in- inability to concentrate on one particular thing uh, a fragile um, self esteem these are the drawbacks um having said that every woman is known to have access to this lover archetype and it is often found to be the most um, Uh, most dominant archetype in most women and uh, it is seen that uh, women who belong to the lover archetype they usually have artistic careers so in a nutshell uh, i would say that uh, this is the most empowering energy a woman can have access to archetype that we are discussing is the maiden archetype now think uma thurman in pulp fiction or uh, think persephone from greek mythology um or think marilyn monroe or uh, princess diana or uh, holly golightly from breakfast at tiffany's these are all examples of the maiden archetype so the a maiden archetype is uh, dark free spirited she is enthusiastic she is youthful um and women belonging to this archetype are um, are naturally excited about life they are energized they uh, they are always bright eyed and wishy-tailed ready to take on the world um and um 
there is a school of thought that says that they are yet not jaded by life's hardships by the shortcomings that life uh, eventually presents to to uh, a woman um but i think that we are all um we are all the maiden archetype at some level when we are young when we are starting with something new when we are uh, innocent uh, so the maiden archetype is comfortable in her own skin and she is completely authentic in uh, what she shows the world uh, in who she is and how she presents herself uh, to people so there is a sense of uh, naivete a sense of innocence about her um there is a, a there is um there is this creative side uh, to her there is a compassionate uh, element in her personality but at the same time she has a dark side as well so now mature um, maiden archetypes they are supposed to be empathetic and capable of displaying great uh, inner strength but at the same time their weakness is that they may be attracted to the wrong kind of relationships um so just like persephone was attracted uh, to hades and had an intimate relationship with hades uh, so so uh, so is the maiden archetype women belonging to this archetype will be attracted to the uh, wrong relationships or dangerous relationships because of their mutual codependency because of their vulnerable nature so um uh, to sum up i would say that um this is a uh, an archetype which has an energy of transformation and um it teaches us not to take life too seriously to live life with the enthusiasm of a a young innocent child and i think that is exactly how we need to live sometimes The third archetype that we are now going to discuss is the mother archetype. So this archetype is the nurturing, caring, responsible, highly compassionate woman. Um basically this archetype represents a mother's um a maternal instinct, a woman's desire to create life. Um so women belonging to this archetype, they tend to put others before themselves all the time. So even when a mother archetypal woman is beyond her childbearing age or even when she hasn't attained her childbearing age as yet even then this nature will show up in her uh, interactions in her behavior So in a group of friends going out uh, the woman embodying the mother archetype will be the one who will make sure everybody is okay everybody is settled everybody has got what they wanted um and i'm sure every friend circle will have this one woman who is uh, a natural caregiver who is the mother archetype and these uh, women are uh, very warm people they are down to earth um but they have a shadow side as well they sometimes feel taken for granted and they feel depleted of their energy their enthusiasm and rightly so because um these women they find it very difficult to set uh, personal boundaries they find it uh, difficult to step down from the caregiver role that uh, that is inherently them they find it difficult to let go of this uh, nurturing nature and they are very stubborn in that way examples of the mother archetype would be um from greek mythology we have demeter who is the mother of persephone 
and who in my opinion is one of the best examples of the mother archetype because she represents this strong uh, caregiver uh, who is uh, so stubborn and uh, who refuses who finds it difficult to let go of her daughter uh, that she goes to the extent of even laying down a curse on persephone um then we have kalima uh, from hindu mythology um of course there are real life heroes like mother teresa uh, michelle obama um, then there is oprah winfrey who are uh, embodiments of uh, the mother archetype the fourth archetype we will discuss is the huntress Now the huntress is a personification of a, a fiercely independent female spirit. So think Artemis from uh, Greek mythology, living an independent life, running with the nymphs, not bothered, not affected by anything or anyone else. So she is the perfect example of uh, the huntress archetype. Or uh, we can think uh, Julia Roberts in My Best Friend's Wedding, who is a strong, assertive, uh, independent woman who is a go-getter. and um that is what a huntress archetype is mainly about so a huntress archetype is a wild woman um this archetype is is you can say it's it it holds the energy of a feminine rage um and contrary to popular belief of uh, women being all uh, sugar and spice and everything nice we do have other feelings as well we women do get angry we women do rage at ourselves we rage at the world sometimes and sometimes this uh, rage brings about um it it has the potential to bring about great positive change so when women have finally had enough and when they decide to protest to when they decide to stand up against the system when they um uh, when they decide to uh, when they when they decide to say that enough is enough and they decide to fight it out that is when a collective change is possible and this energy this huntress energy is the one that is responsible for this collective change now when this is the dominant archetype the woman's main aim is to achieve physical and uh, emotional independence now this uh, huntress archetype is um, is one that is free of all kinds of patriarchal influences um, and male dominated uh, norms uh, now the, the huntress women they are uh, usually um, they have this protective instinct they are natural protectors of uh, women who are victims so of women that uh, need help and just like artemis these women who embody the huntress archetype they are very competent they are committed to their um, uh, in- independence their life goals and they are often detached from um, uh, from the influence of uh, male ideas or male energy so uh, what we need to remember about the huntress women is that they are self-reliant they are courageous and they are focused these are their good points however the shadow side is it um, also means that they come across as emotionally detached and sometimes even as cruel to others next we come to the fifth archetype that is the queen 
Now, um, when we speak of the queen archetype, think a Greek goddess Hera or uh, the Hindu goddess Parvati. So the queen archetype represents uh, loyalty, fidelity, um, matrimonial devotion. Now, the women who embody the queen uh, archetype are um, the ones who possess a goddess-given approach towards marriage or uh, matrimony. And they are the ones who maintain meaningful alliances. But this archetype is uh, one that feels incomplete without a partner, without a romantic partner. So women who embody this uh, um, archetype, they possess strong leadership qualities. They are often uh, known to be the social butterfly or the queen bee of their friendship circles. Um, And the thing about them is that they are attracted, they're immensely attracted to uh, power and to confidence. And so they find themselves often drawn to men who are assertive and who are very confident in nature. Uh, just like uh, Hera, the queens, uh, the, the women belonging to the queen um, archetype, they are fiercely devoted towards their spouses and um, they tend to feel jealous or um, they tend to even despise women who they feel threatened by, who they feel their relationship can be threatened by. And um, just like Hera, who despite the many infidelities that her husband Zeus um, uh, would uh, partake in, despite that, she she would forgive him every time. Just like uh, her, these women uh, who belong to the uh, queen uh, archetype, they too remain passionately loyal and forgiving towards their husband. And they overlook all kinds of transgressions for the sake of maintaining their relationship or uh, for the sake of um, keeping their marriage alive. Now, um, uh, queen women are, um, now when I say queen women, I mean women who belong to the queen archetype. They uh, often have, I mean, they're known to have an air of elegance about them. They're known to dress regally. They're known to uh, be very prim and proper. But uh, there is something about the way that, um, something about the way they come across that is kind of uh, reflective of their stand, that these women are loyal, not just to their partners, but they are also they possess a strong sense of loyalty towards their family towards um, towards their purpose in life towards uh, towards their cause so to speak so um, they make they make up for very good business women very very good entrepreneurs um, but while loyalty remains their strong point their jealous and their um, vindictive nature that is um, that often ends up as their hamasha that is the, the their shadow so to speak we come to the sage archetype. Now, the sage represents women uh, who pursue knowledge, who pursue objectivity, who uh, pursue, who are constantly in, in search of a, a well-planned strategy. Um, so, a lot of academics, politicians, lawyers, they belong to this uh, group and they are influenced by the sage archetype. Um, now, the women who embody the sage archetype, they are um, competitive in nature. They are not just competent, but they have this cutthroat competitive edge about them. Uh, and if you go to see examples, there is um, there is the Athena in Greco-Roman uh, mythology, uh, who is the daughter of Zeus and who uh, is known as the protector of patriarchy. Um, and that is exactly what sage women tend to be in a patriarchal uh, circle or a patriarchal system. They tend 
tend to identify with uh, with uh, men and uh, they are often subjected to strong paternal influences so just like athena was called her father's daughter these um, women uh, who uh, belong to the sage archetype they are um, uh, they are more drawn towards powerful men and uh, they have a strong um, they are subjected to strong paternal influences and uh, uh, so they have they are better suited for careers in um, in the corporate world um however their attitude towards other women who um who are mostly below them in uh, at work uh, in the at the workplace is often aloof or uh, it's often considered distant and uh, sometimes it is even considered intimidating to other women so while her pragmatism while her wisdom while uh, her intelligence her, her strategy these are all considered as her best traits her emotional aloofness and um, her kind of uh, frigidity when it comes to essentiality and creative purposes these are the drawbacks that this is the shadow side these are the drawbacks that uh, the um, archetypal sage woman brings along last but not the least we come to the seventh archetype that is the mystic now the mystic is a deeply spiritual introverted yet an independent and creative woman so this archetype is um is focused on um on on inner spiritual uh, peace on maintaining a zen like inner peace so the women who belong to this archetype they prefer solitude to the company of others they are often into meditation and spiritual techniques they follow the spiritual path um and this uh, mystic archetype it it represents um introspective and uh, a meditative kind of a nature uh, the importance of which is often ignored in our uh, modern society uh, but uh, women who embody this archetype uh, they prioritize their inner peace more than anything else they are known for their uh, serenity for their tranquility um however the very strength of this archetype can sometimes become uh, the challenge that the woman um faces uh so like intense introversion can result in in uh, the mystic uh, woman uh, seeming very withdrawn uh, seeming isolated detached and emotionally frigid um when we seek examples of uh, the mystic um, archetype let us think of hestia from greek mythology uh then we have uh, real life celebrities like nicole kidman we have uh, artistic souls like uh, frida kahlo who uh, whose very art was a reflection of her introverted yet her serene uh, tranquil self uh, she represents uh, the mystic archetype with that we finish our little lesson in self awareness and jungian psychology now um i must end here by saying that archetypes are uh, meant to help you identify with yourself to um to help you know who you really are at your core so they are meant to help you tap into the qualities you desire to um to help you align with your dominant archetype like we said in the beginning 
um uh, so uh, you use them to discover which are the uh, which is the dominant or which are the dominant archetypes um in your personality which are the ones uh, which exert the greatest influence to your psyche and um which ones tend to influence your behavior around others your interactions your desires um uh, who or what you attract or uh, which archetypes are most representative uh, most represented in your uh, personality or which are underrepresented and i think now that we have enough knowledge of the seven uh, feminine archetypes maybe we can do uh, this little small uh, practice session kind of a thing try to identify your dominant archetype or the archetype of the women in your life um for all the women who are listening to this i hope this provided you with some insight into your own personalities into your own psyche and uh, for the men who are listening i hope um, this helps you understand the women you love a little better and with that we come to the end of today's episode now you do yourself a favor and go discover your mirror your shadow and yourself on that note this is your podcast host priyanka signing out bye bye Morning Chaya Nikkai is a weekly podcast that means fresh episodes are uploaded every Sunday. If you want to connect with me outside the pod, I'm there on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Dr Priyanka Naik. That is D R Priyanka Naik. I am there on Facebook as well. And my YouTube channel is Dr Priyanka Naik. I also blog at drpriyankanaik.com. 